as we mentioned, I got an email about a week ago now, a little more than a week ago, from a fellow by the name of Ephraim Diamond, who's a wonderful Talmud Chacham, lives in Cedars or Lawrence, or around that area, in Israel, Lawrence, Cedars area, and he told me that his daughter is in Poland, or was in Poland, visiting the concentration camps with one of these school trips, and it's uh, resonated with me because my son is going on such a trip soon, and he said that the Shaila came up, he was perusing a uh, recent Hasidic Shepaisik, and he, the Shaila came up, when one visits concentration camps, does one recite a bracha, if you have family members that were survivors of that specific concentration camp. So uh, this is uh, in, in Shalvim, we discovered here, Shalvim, HaKotel, apparently you were told to, yes, say the bracha with Shemu Malchus. In other places we discovered here, what was it, Nativ, Reshit, we were told that uh, guys were told not to say the bracha, so, or weren't told anything, So uh, and, and, and in absence of being told anything, did not say the bracha. So the question is, why would you or would you not say this bracha? So let's let's go over this one more time. Shulchanor Chetzim Reshit Ches if tas paskins yesh omrim she'enu mavarech al neis ela b'neisru yotze miminaka olam. Meaning, even though there is a halacha, it's a mishnah brachas tafnim dalid, and the Gemara elaborates on it that when one has a neis, a personal neis that occurs to them, and they come across the place where that neis happened, they are supposed to recite a bracha uh, when they, when coming across that place, and it's b'shemu malchus. Even though the Gemara, when it when it uh, records the bracha, does not record it b'shemu malchus. Most of the special brachos that are mentioned in Mesechus brachos are not mentioned with Shemu Malchus, but Tosus already points out at the beginning of that parak that all of the brachos of the entire parak are meant to be Shemu Malchus. It just doesn't uh, doesn't spell it out in the Gemara. So the Shulchan Aruch says, yes, you say a bracha on an ace when that nace is actually an ace. It's Yotse Mi Minaga Olam. But a nace that is normal, that would happen in day-to-day life, like a person is attacked by Ganavim, and he screams, and someone comes and saves him, and the Ganavim don't do anything to him, he does not, he's not chayv tzei bracha, some disagree, think even that a gun of attacking is enough reason, but he says not Shemu Malchus. You should not say a bracha with Shemu Malchus in that situation. And what he's obviously drawing our attention to is the fact that there are different types of Nisim in the world. Some Nisim are clearly against the laws of nature, are absolutely miraculous. That doesn't happen to us too frequently. We don't have Kriyas Yamsuf type of Nisim all the time. Some nisim are remarkable coincidences that we uh, that we refer to as an ace that Hashkacha had it in such a way where everything played out in just the right way, but nothing happened that was really unusual. And then in between, you have something that's highly unusual, meaning the odds were clearly stacked against you, and you made it through a difficult situation where the odds were overwhelmingly stacked against you. So that that's that's sort of in between. So Shulchan says it has to be something that's beyond what 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 uh, what could be expected to happen. You know, certainly beyond like a 50-50 kind of situation. Mr. Brewer says that if one is Nitzal Kederach Minaga Olam, he cries out for help, or people happen to be walking by and the attackers run away, 
that's the uh, the nace that we do not say a bracha b'shem umalchus. Um, whereas the yeshcholik says, since you were b'sakana and had someone not come to help you, the sakana would have happened. The yeshcholik thought that you should say a bracha b'shem umalchus, but we do without shem umalchus. Now we point out that in chuvas b'tzela chachmor b'tzela shtern in chelak hey of b'tzela chachmor simin samach beis. He points out a very interesting diuk. The Balatanya in uh, the Shulchan Aruch in Seder Birch Sanan in Perak Yud Gimel Din Aleph writes that a yachid who has a nace is supposed to say a brach. And he gives an example. What kind of nace? Shenafalal of Kosel Vinitzal. A wall came caving in on him and he was saved. Oh, Or a wild beast attacked him and he was saved. Oh, list him. Or bandits attacked him, he's chayiv to say a bracha every time he comes across that place. So the B'tzal HaChachma says, I don't understand. Shulchan says, when Ganavim attack you, you do not say, and you were saved, you do not say a bracha b'shem u'malchus. And Shulchan Aruch who is not in the practice of arguing on the Shulchan Aruch, says that when Listim attack you, you do recite a bracha. What's the difference between Ganavim and Listim? <clears throat> so he suggests that Ganavim are primarily not interested in killing you. They just want your money. They're not interested in your life. It happens to be, if it comes to it, it can get dangerous. If you start to putting up a fight, it can get dangerous. But that's not really... They would rather not see you at all. They would rather just, you know, sometimes uh, Ganav goes into your house in the middle of the night. They try not to wake you up. They try to just steal whatever they can and get out of there. Well, they, they come armed just in case, in case you do wake up, or they're ready to, uh, to fight in case you do wake up, but that's the Ganav is not interested in your life. Listim are interested in, 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 in hurting a person, are interested in attacking a person. So if that's the case, says Rabbi Tzal Stern, that uh, the Shulchan Aruch Rav says, Dafka Listim, you would say a bracha. He says it would seem that anyone who survived the Holocaust survived at least listen, survived someone who wanted to kill them, because the Nazis certainly, the plan was to kill each and every Jew. That was without a doubt, that was the, uh, the plan. And uh, as, as a result of that, uh, we should recite a bracha b'shem umalchus. That is how Rabbi Tzal Stern suggests that the Holocaust itself was enough of a, surviving the Holocaust itself was enough of an ace to warrant a bracha. Now, he says, not only that, it's worse than listim. Because listim, you know, there may be, uh, there may be some sort of conflict, there may be an encounter. You against the listim, and you don't know who's going to win, who's going to win the fight. And then, uh, you know, the listim may not have realized who they attack. You know, I, I, I know certain people who carry guns with them all the time. So a listim is going to attack one of these guys, so he'll shoot him dead in a half a second. I mean, the guy, they, they just picked on the wrong person. So there was no clear upper hand when listim attacked you. But by the Nazis, there was a constant uh, upper hand for years and years. So there's, uh, there's no doubt, he says, that that would be enough of a nace. Aye, but they let Jews live for a long time to work and uh, in work camps, and they didn't kill them immediately when they could all the time. They didn't kill everybody immediately. Yeah, but even the working that they were doing was just to, to get whatever they can out of them before killing them. The idea was to, uh, to kill them. But, and he says even without that, the constant survival through malnourishment and disease that was rampant and under such conditions, that itself certainly was enough of a, of, of, of a miracle. So that is the opinion of Rabbi Tzal Stern. On the flip side, there's a Chuba Sefer called Meshiv Nevonim, who I was told was his 
is a Spinka Dayan in Borough Park, who writes very beautiful tshuvas. A lot of these Hasidic tshuvas I'm just getting into now are very, very clear, clearly written, beautiful tshuvas. You know, not like heavy lumdus with a chap and whatever, but very, very clearly written, uh, organized, beautiful tshuvas. And he suggests that since there is no rega of Sakhanas Nisa, there is no given moment where there was an encounter, where there was something that, uh, that, that was more dangerous than any other moment. He thinks that that would not be called a nace. He says, Lista Mazuyan is a different story. Lista Mazuyan is a much greater nace than, uh, than, than, than a case of, uh, of surviving uh, the Holocaust, because Lista, not a greater nace, but a different kind of nace, because it is a moment, it is an event, it is, uh, it is an occurrence that happens. So he says, maybe, if you happen to have been in front of a firing squad or something, and uh, you know, and everyone else was shot dead, and you landed in the pit alive, and uh, you crawled out the next morning amongst a whole bunch of dead. So good. So if you happen to be in that spot, yes, in Ochinami, you would say a bracha. So that is all. That is all. Issue number one is surviving the Holocaust enough of a nace to uh, recite a bracha, or is it enough of the type of nace to recite a bracha? Rav Vitzal Stern says, of course, it is miraculous. Any survivor you ever meet will not only tell you about a miracle, they will tell you about a series of miracles that occurred in order for them to survive. Whereas uh, the uh, Meshav Nevonim says, no, nah, that's not true. I mean, it is true, but that's not enough. It has to be a single event. I had the opportunity this past Shabbos to ask Moriv Rabbi Rav Shachter what he thought, he didn't think it was a shayla. He said if there was no single event, then there's no doubt that this bracha is not recited. The bracha is only recited if there was a particular single event that occurred upon which you are saying the bracha. Short of that, he's, he thought it was a double pashat, and he was surprised to hear that in Shalvim they instructed them to, uh, to say the bracha. He, uh, he said, try to find out where the psaq came from. He finds it highly unusual. My Natiya was the other way. I thought more like Rabbi Tzal Stern, that what do you mean? Every moment is a miracle, but more Rabbi Roshachter thought more like this uh, Spinkadai in the Mesh of Nivonim, who uh, said not that way. Then the next question becomes, and this is where I was inaccurate and why we're d- redoing this year, was about what about a grandson or a great-grandson of the uh, person who the miracle happened to. So in Shulchan Aruch, it is very clear, the, the Shulchan Aruch writes, V'kol yotze yerecho gam kein mevarachin shasaneis lo'avi b'amakom hazeh. Any descendant also recites a bracha shasaneis lo'avi b'amakom hazeh. The Mishabrura, however, explains that that is the, the idea of kol yotze yerecho. Kol Yotzei Yerecho means not just a son, not just a grandson. It sounds like all the generations. If you are one sixteenth, you know, uh, your, your great one great grandparent out of uh, all of them, or one great great grandparent out of all of them, uh, had this nace, Kol Yotzei Yerecho. That's what it sounds like. Says the Mishabura, but there is a chiluk. There's a chiluk between a grandson and a great grandson in the following sense: a grandson would recite the bracha even if he doesn't owe his very existence to that nace. Meaning, for example, let's say a man has a son, he has all of his children already, and then a nace happens for that man. The grandchildren would have been born had that nace not happened. They just would have been born without a grandfather. But they would have been born because their father was already born. Still, says the Mishabura, 
they recite a bracha upon seeing the place where that nace happened. The grandchildren would recite a bracha. Great-grandchildren would not recite a bracha upon seeing the place where that nace happened. Uh, the, um, if, if, they, if they do not owe their existence to the, uh, to the nace. But if, and this is, this is critical, if the great-grandchildren owe their existence to the nace, then even they would recite a bracha, which means that any great-grandchild of a Holocaust survivor, if you assume that surviving the Holocaust is enough of a nace to recite a bracha, or is the type of nace, I shouldn't say enough of a nace, it certainly is enough, but the type of a nace upon which to recite a bracha, then you would hold that a great-grandchild provided that their grandfather was not yet born when their great-grandfather survived the Holocaust, that uh, great-grandchild would recite a bracha. If it's a great-grandchild, if they owe their existence. And the way we explained it, is explained in Meshav Nevoni, points out from Madana Yom Tov, that there's really Tzvei Dinim over here. There are two different Dinim in play. There's the idea that you say this bracha on an ancestor's miracle because you owe your existence to it. And then there's another idea. There's a second Mechaev, that even if you don't owe your existence, because of the closeness that one, fe- that one feels to a grandfather. And the Madana Yom Tov on the Rosh uh, writes that the reason is because uh, until Ben HaBen, Rachme HaAvalad, that there are certain dinim of Kavod for a grandfather, Achiv of Talmud Torah, that a grandfather's Malamid, his son Torah, there's certain connections, there are certain things about a uh, grandfather, grandchild that does not seem to extend fully to the next, ge- to the next uh, generation. So uh, that is why uh, that, that, that second Mechayev is only is only if the child owes their their uh, their, their very existence to that uh, to to that uh, the, the, to that nace that happened. Now it happens. Vidushul Chanar Harav in Seder Berchsenenin writes that Kol Yotzei Recho, regardless of which kind of nace it is, even the great grandchildren will say a bracha even if they don't know their survival to him. And Kafachayim would say no, even a grandchild would not say the bracha unless they owe their survival to that uh, to that nace. So halacha said now how it plays out halacha is a little different than we had originally suggested. I mean, how does it play out halacha when you are a grandchild uh, or a great grandchild of a survivor? Lachora, if you hold that it's a nace upon which you recite a bracha, it doesn't make a difference. Grandchild or great grandchild, you owe your existence to it, and we pass into the mishabura Mimela, you would say a bracha. B'shem Malchus, especially considering that it was uh, that, 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 that it was a machlokas in the first place, whether it even needs to be a nace that's yotze miteva ha'olam. But if you hold, like uh, Rav Shachter holds, that it's not the kind of nace upon which a bracha is recited, then you would not recite a bracha whether you are a grandchild or a great-grandchild. Either way, a bracha would not be recited. So the, the basis of, uh, of the psak to recite a bracha, certainly we see, we see it's, it all comes down to what kind of nace it, uh, we view it as. So that the basis of that psak to recite a bracha is viewing it as that kind of nace, and then it would apply even to future generations. The basis of a psak not to say a bracha would be that we don't view it as that kind of nace, regardless of, uh, of, which, of which generation. Again, and, and, and even if you don't view it as that kind of nace, if there was an event, if there was a moment, then that certainly would be, would be a nace. 
Um, then Rabbi Zalzer just points out that if you're going to recite a bracha, you have to know where you're reciting the bracha. I Meaning it has to be in that place. So these kinds of I've never been. I've never been to any of these places, but they say that they're massive. So you'd have to. He suggests taking like a, a step back before you go, like looking at as large an area as you can, and then you assume that somewhere in that area, your uh, your your the, the miracle happened. He also suggests that you should try to be as specific as you can about the makam that it happened. Let's say he says a person survived. Birkenau and Auschwitz, and you're going to your grandparents survived both, and you're going to visit uh, one of them. Let's say you're going to visit Auschwitz, so you'd say Sha'asa Lavi Nes be Auschwitz ube Birkenau. You'd mention, and then when you go over to Birkenau, you'd say Birkenau ube Auschwitz. You'd say the one where you are first, but also mention the other Nes, also mention the uh, the other Makom. So that is uh, that's what it would seem to be halacha lemaase. I apologize.